Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We are sitting here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios, Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson, your trio of podcasting, podcasting gurus. Gurus. That is spelled G O O R O O H S. Gurus. No, that's goo like Ross. I don't know. Wow, what a big win for Kansas State and Lubbock. Welcome back from Lubbock, boys. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, Almost didn't make it back from that? Lubbock without uh, major issue. What was major issue? Almost ended up in a jail cell in Lubbock, Texas on Saturday night. You? Yeah. Hold on. Didn't you go out with a GT cat? I did. Okay. And What, uh, what happened? Well, I was almost arrested for using a fake ID in Lubbock, Texas. Even though it was your ID? I'm 23 years old. Okay. The ID I used was given to me by the United States government. No, the state of Kansas. Well, but it's, a, it's, it's government but it in, it, in and of itself, the United States government. I went to a bar with GT Cat and some of his friends. It was a good time. Don't get me wrong. Walked up to the door. And I, I came behind four guys from Kansas. Right. So you're thinking like, okay, Kansas State's in town, Kansas people. Guy takes my ID, looks at it, looks at me, looks at the ID. And at this point, I'm like, he's going to do something about it. He says, man, this is fake. <laughs> I said, it's not. <laughs> but then he, he says, yeah, it is, man. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's not fake. That's my ID. I'm 23. And he's like, hold on. So he leans back. They had two cops at the door. Yeah. Gives it to the cop. Or he, first he said, you want me to show it to a cop? And I was like, yes, please show it to a cop. So they whip out their big fancy book. And at this point, I'm rolling my eyes at him. Cop looks at me. Chill. Okay. So they're flipping through the book, flipping through this way. Cop comes back, and he's like, you sure this isn't a fake? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure my ID is not a fake. Well, here's the thing. Kansas IDs have turtles on them. Turtles? On the back side, there's on the a back little side dotted on the, on the turtle. New, on the new ID, there's a dotted turtle on the back side. I received my ID in 2017 when I turned 21. Right. And I said, well, I, I, said, that's, I said, that's my ID. I got it when I was 21. It's not expired, so I haven't gotten a new one. Well, there was a girl in here earlier who used a fake Kansas ID, and I called her out on the turtle thing, and she owned up to it. And I said, that's cool. I'm not owning up to it. So they talked more. He says, we'll let you go. Great. So then GT Cat at this point doesn't know what's happening. 
I should call him Grant. I mean, he's, he's Grant, but I don't want to expose him. Oh, I just did. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so oh, no. I, he, he's, what happened? So I start telling him what happened. Cop grabs me by the arm aggressively. Hey, just because we let you in doesn't mean you need to be talking beep on us. What? And I said, I'm not talking on you. I'm just, no, I saw you. You were talking on us, talking on us. <laughs> and I said, dude, I'm, he goes, do you want to go down? And I said, down where? <laughs> down to the station. And I said, like, I almost said, yes, please arrest me for using a fake ID. I want to see what happens. But I walked away. You, I'm proud of you. Because, I, I, let's be honest here, Riley Gates at age 21 wouldn't have walked away. Bradley Gates at age 23 wouldn't have walked away if he had had more to drink prior to that. That's true. Tim Fitzgerald at age 40 would not have walked away from a cop being that aggressive so for no mad, reason. Man. So, yeah, I almost didn't make it back from Lubbock. Almost missed the game. Almost had to have Zach bail me out of What Lubbock is it jail. with dudes like that? It's like, they, trip. Uh, they, it's like they only have one job they want in life is to be a law enforcement officer where for the first time in their lives they're important. Yeah. And this dude thought, ooh, like the fact that someone gave him a gun, ugh, scary. Exactly. When he can't hold your temper any better than that. Serve and protect my ass. Well, he wanted to protect your ass in prison. Well, anyhow, welcome back. I'm glad you made it. And I think you've learned a lesson here. Don't ever try to do what is legally your right. Oh, I meant don't go out with Grant. Oh, yes, that too. Clearly. He's a he's a known rebel rouser and uh, has done a lot of time. People don't know that about GT Cat, but the GT is short for prison time. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I the don't think that's PT Cat. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense at all. I thought I'd set up the podcast with quite a story. That is a good story. So you've been saving that. I want to be clear with the listeners. I did not know this story. So you've been saving that, and then you drop that on the boss on the day we record instead of saying, hey, boss, I had a little incident. I wanted to, I wanted to get your raw reaction on the air. I love it. I'm, pr- I'm really proud of you for not saying, F you, dude. Let's go. Let's take it down to prison. Let's go take me to the jail, and we'll see how this works out for your career. Something about my dad getting a call from me in Lubbock, Texas at 1 in the morning. Would you have called your dad or me first? I probably would have called my dad so he could call a lawyer and be like, hey, do you want to make a phone call real quick? Honestly, he would have handcuffed you, and then he would have had to run the ID. Right? Yeah, in yeah. The, like in the car, like, "Hey, I've got this. Can you run this?" Like, "Yep." And the person that dispatches is like, "That checks out." And they're like, "Oh, yeah." Oh well, no! But, but he could. A guy like that can't admit he's wrong. Then he would have charged you with disobedience, yeah, or like verbally abusing. Yeah, exactly. Drunken, disorderly. I can guarantee you one thing: that guy was not wearing a body cam. We were talking well, about I wanna, this. I kind of want to request. Just send it in like, hey, this incident happened at this time. We don't know the officer's name, but please He's pull the, the body cam. tattoos all up his left arm and wearing a short sleeve shirt. Well, that's a new description. No. Sorry. I didn't think that I, was necessary. Uh, I, I'm all for body cams. Not to get uh, into my libertarian ways here, but uh, because it protects everyone involved. Yeah. Because the body cam will... Unless they go edit it, we'll show the truth of what happened. And it protects police. It protects the public. I'd love to see the body cam footage of that. I would. 
That was probably the hardest eye roll I'd ever had. <laughs> I was so fed up. What were you arrested for? An aggressive eye roll. <laughs> well, anyhow, that's this is the Questions Podcast, and we're off to a great start. We're sponsored by The Fridge. It's, uh, it's kind of like a little jail for liquor uh, <laughs> because all the liquor's inside, and you have to go help it escape. Bail it out? Yeah. yeah. Go go into the fridge, go bail out some liquor, and all of you will be happy, including your bottle of Svedka raspberry that was doing hard time. Mm, Svedka raspberry, huh? Svedka is the sneaky, good, cheap vodka. You know, when I'm slumming it and I want a good fruity vodka like a real man would want, uh, I get Svedka. Do they have cranberry Svedka? I would imagine so. they got a lot of flavors. I don't know, though. Why you got to... No, it's just Thanksgiving, and that's a thing. A little kidney infection? Cranberry juice with cranberry Svedka. No, I... Man, Svedka's actually got solid flavors. Well, no, they're not solid. It's liquid. It's vodka. Never mind. We're sponsored in the first half by Tanner's. They do not have Svedka. They have higher quality vodkas and bourbons and whiskeys. How about they have Svedka? I don't think they do. They don't? You know what? Uh... In all honesty, if you do a martini bar and you want like a low price menu of martinis, Svedka is perfect. You know what they do serve at Tanner's? What? Natty Seltzer's, Truly's, yeah, they White do. Claws. They do. They've given in to social pressure and become a wussy bar. Get to Tanner's <laughs> if you're a wussy. We just lost our we sponsorship. We will be accepting new sponsorships. <laughs> wussy bar. <laughs> oh, man, I love Tanners. You know why I love Tanners? Because Charlie and Jeremy before him uh, constantly make sure that all of my favorite liquors are behind the bar. That's when you know you're a regular. Yes. And, but I don't go very often anymore. Just of life. Definition of regular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyhow, this is the Questions Podcast. You ask us questions, we answer to the best of our abilities. Which, if Riley's doing hard time, doesn't have much ability to answer your questions. He'd have to, you know, we'd have to get him on the little payphone thing. Uh, do you it'd be a 30 a, second podcast? Right, I mean. Do you accept a collect call from Leavenworth State Prison? Oh, actually, it'd be like, uh, I don't know what. Prison in Texas, uh, Lubbock County Jail, Amarillo. Like I don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, that eye roll would get him hard time. Uh, he'd be doing five to ten in the state pen. <laughs> Death penalty. Uh, yes. I feel like it was hey, that state. Hey Nick, Nick Walsh. I feel like there's a country song about Riley doing hard time for an eye roll in Lubbock. Just seems like a good. I'm gonna write Nick. I'm gonna write that for you. It's gonna be a big stinking hit. And when you get up there and accept, accept your Grammy, say hey. Fitz, good song. Riley, thanks for doing Hard Time in Lubbock for an eye roll. <laughs> hard Time in Lubbock. What a name. Here we go. It's your questions from Wabash Station. First things first. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention last week that there was no winner for the West Virginia game. Nobody picked West Virginia to win, so therefore nobody won the prediction thread. That, that, that's all sad. Uh, this week, K State man fourteen was one point off the score of thirty to twenty-seven. He picked thirty-one to twenty-seven. Damn! So congrats. Pretty close. That's what I picked. I don't hear you guys lining up saying, "Hey, you're pretty smart, boss." That's what you picked. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-seven. And I said, "Why didn't on. you post it in the thread?" Yeah, I never post in the thread. That's for our users. I always post, I in, post the in the thread. I know because you guys need attention. Um, he just doesn't want to get exposed. No, in all honesty, wrong. <laughs> I I don't because I just I usually don't have my score picked. In, 
by then. So, uh, but I, I said this on the post game podcast with Brian Hanley. You can always tell when I think it's going to be a close game, but K State will win. But I don't quite know how the game's going to go. Thirty one twenty seven. That's probably the score I picked the most in my life. <laughs> I want to go back and find out now. Oh, you'll find a lot of them. Thirty-one twenty-seven. It's like it's going to be kind of high scoring, but not really high scoring. And for once, I got it right. One touchdown per quarter, yeah. and then a field goal at some point sprinkled in <laughs> for fun. From Yo Mama, nearly everything and everyone from the broadcast people to the refs were out of sync and confused at times during the game. Is that offense simply too hard to keep up with? It was insane, man. You would think that they lose Cliff Kingsbury and they slow down. They develop a running game and they slow down. But they didn't. They punted the ball, what was it, under 90 seconds or something like that? It was insane. They also fake punted the ball (laughs) twice. Yes, they did. I like Matt Wells. There's way too much gimmick in his system. What? And Ben Lieber and the doing color and the play-by-play guy were restraining laughter at the handoff, pitchback, handoff nonsense. What was the purpose of that? As, as Ben said, they can't sustain blocks on the interior of their line. Why would you have a slower developing play? Yeah. That's just a coach trying to call his plays even if they don't work. It feels like he's trying to fit the personnel he has because Cliff Kingsbury recruited the way he did. And yet he's like, well, I can't take these players and shove them into my system. So I got to kind of work with them, but I don't really know how to run, you know, like kind of a mix of everything right now. Although he was a little bit fast paced at at Utah state, but that just, they scored a lot of points at Utah. Yeah, they were, I don't think that they were a, a bad or, or poorly run team. I thought that they just didn't look like themselves. I mean, in a game like that, they should have won. They should have won that game. We laid out the numbers, you know. They they beat K-State in almost every statistical it was, category. It was the mirror image of the West Virginia game. Yeah, but they didn't win the game because I don't think they played to their strengths. K-State played horrible. Like, not horrible. K-State did not play good. Well. That, too. <laughs> I just grammar policed his ass on national TV. I just agree. <laughs> a national TV. Um, they did not. They didn't. Um, it was an ugly win. Hack. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that D. Scott Fritchin. <clears throat> hack journalist. That's so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. I was convinced they were going to lose. It looked like the previous two games. But this time it was, you know, I had asked Chris Kleiman after the Texas game about making that one final play, and this time Denzel Goolsby made it. I mean, you think about it, it is so much like the West Virginia game. The team, the visiting team is outstatted in almost every category except turnovers, and it was a final interception that kind of sealed the deal. Granted, it was a little bit earlier in the contest. There was more time to run off, but it was very similar. From Wildcat Wabash, we all believe that Coach Riley isn't happy with the depth of his line group, which is why we stick with the same five to six guys. However, we still suck at running the ball. Does that scare you with what running the ball might look like next year? Well, I love the brutal honesty. We still suck. Well, I think there's probably some young guys in system that they like. The way the schedule's playing out, 
with close games. It has not afforded them an opportunity to put anyone in despite redshirting. You know, you couldn't put them in. You're not going to be playing around in West Virginia or Texas. Or Think about it. The final four games, they might have been saying, okay, we get ahead in these games. We're going to play some of these young linemen that are redshirting. Well, they haven't. They haven't had an opportunity to. Now, when they beat Iowa State 31-0, which I'm establishing as, you know, the score, uh, they'll be able to do that in the fourth quarter. Put it in the score prediction thread. Otherwise, you don't believe it truly. I don't believe it truly. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned, and I think that that's, you know, that's why we're sitting here looking at JUCO recruiting. I mean, I don't think that K-State's starting five linemen for 2020 are currently on this roster. I, we would see something different at this point. Sorry to throw someone under the bus, but Tyler Mitchell has had potentially the worst year of any lineman in a while. He just he gets beat almost every play. I see a lot of watching the running backs get tackled from nearly every lineman on the line right now. They're, I don't know what happened. They didn't lose anybody. It's not like they started playing significantly better defenses, but they have not been able to block a soul since Kansas, and I don't know why. It's killing the running game. You know, the number bumps up because James Gilbert breaks off a, what, 19-yard run or whatever there at the end of the game. Um, They didn't run the ball well, and they haven't for three games now, three, four games, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very concerned with running the ball next year. On top of the, you know, just alignment aside, you don't have a guy like James Gilbert who's going to power through tacklers for another four yards or whatever. You know, you're probably – are you starting Harry Trotter next year or are you starting Joe Irvin next probably, year? Probably Joe Irvin. Joe Irvin. Or then, one of the other freshmen that – And I think that those are good backs, but they're not uh, – that's one of James's strengths is he can get hit at the line and still manage to pick up three or four yards on the carry. You don't have that next year unless unless it's Jacardier Wright, I guess. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty concerned, and and I think that they've got a lot of work to do before next fall if they want to have a uh, successful running game and and stay the keep the identity that they're running team. Because right now, no matter what Courtney Messingham and Chris Kleiman say, they are not a running team. They cannot run the ball. From Mad Dog 2020, do you prefer seeing Skyler under center or in the shotgun? Under center. That's just my personal. You know, I I don't have numbers to back up anything. He just looks more comfortable in my eyes when he's under center. I think the running game works better when he's under center and handing off out of the, out of that formation. I've never liked running the ball either out of the shotgun. You know, I read option a little bit maybe, but I don't like starting four or five yards back already. And then having to go first and 15 essentially. Um, and I know, I know you technically start behind the line even when you're under the center, but it's a little bit different. You're getting that, that power burst right off the snap. So I, I like it. I like him better under center. I think we saw a significant change at the start of the year when that was all he was doing. Um, but maybe they see something out of the shotgun that, that I'm not seeing that that's, uh, that's working well for them out of the gun. I'm all for him being under center. I just think the offense works better. I, I don't think. <clears throat> any play action works nearly as well when you're in a shotgun. It doesn't sell everything. It doesn't have the right cadence to it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the coaches are smarter than I am. I just think he's a under center type quarterback. And I, I'm intrigued by – we need to ask him at the press conference about this. Does he? Pre- what's he prefer? I mean, does 
Yeah, I almost sense that he's more comfortable out of the shotgun. That's why they're in the shotgun. But I thought he played better early in the season because uh, he was under center a lot. I don't know. From Cat Rock, what is the ceiling for Josh Youngblood? Will he have a better career than Yaman figures? Josh Youngblood. Oh, boy. Am I real? <sighs> I'm afraid to do this. Oh, here we go. Josh Youngblood could potentially be the best kick returner at K-State since Snyder 2.0 began. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be a better player than Tyler Lockett. I'm saying he could be a better kick returner than Tyler Lockett. I think he has the best vision since Tyler Lockett. There was no question, in my, at least in my eyes. I don't know how everybody else felt. TV, you don't get to see as much um, as, as I do, You know, kind of seeing the whole field all at once. There was no question in my eyes that he was gone once he took off, and I guarantee you Josh had a better idea of what was happening than I had. He knew the second he left that end zone he was going to score. He has the thing that the the two things that every great kick returner, kickoff returner, punt returner, and kick returner are different beasts. Yeah, kick returning, you take that ball, you have to be definitive. There can't be any hesitation in the plan. And you got to, if you're just running straight line, which you do a lot of times, sometimes you start one way and head back the other. As soon as you go where you're supposed to go, full speed, no ramping up. You're going for that space, but also he sees space. And I love Philip Brooks, but he doesn't see the space like Josh Youngblood. He he confuses himself. He doesn't make that split-second decision. I've seen three or four times a season when he'd have an avenue to the right or left and pick the wrong way. Youngblood, he sees a gap, and he's through it so fast, it doesn't close on him. But the patience he had to... You know, let that block with Ross Elder just kind of develop. Just, just you know, keep reading it, keep reading it was amazing how they were in sequence. That was beautiful football. And he's a true freshman that is only going to get better as he continues. Because early in the year, some of the kicks he took, you were like, okay, Josh, you're athletic, you're fast, but you need to understand you need to take a touchback there. Well, he's entered the realm for me where um, – if it's late in the game and you need a big play, let him take it out of the end zone three yards deep, four yards deep. Roll those dice. Yeah. Because he can hit the home run. I mean, because if he had taken that ball three yards deep, it wouldn't have mattered. It was so well blocked, and he got up through the coverage team so fast. It just didn't matter. It's it's impressive. He's fun to watch. And I'm anxious, excited, greedy. I want to see him apply that on the offensive side. Oh, it could be scary. I, I, you watch him run the jet sweep, and and he doesn't quite understand that like he does kick returns. He gets out. He just is trying to get to the edge every time. Malik Knowles runs a jet sweep, and Malik's looking for that space, and he turns it upfield as soon as he can and gets through a seam. Youngblood wants to get get around the edge and beat everyone up. And that's not going to work a ton of times. Malik's vision allows him to to take the ball and then just find that little gap, get through it, and he cuts through the defense. The The faster you can turn upfield limits the time other players have to get across the field and, and pursue you. So uh, he'll learn more tricks. But, but, yeah, like you said, man, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. Keep this in mind. This was a player 
this coaching staff found late in the cycle with that late signing period, this is the type of player they can identify on short notice. I'm anxious to see what a full recruiting class two or three will look like in this program. From Purple Powerhouse, is it safe to say that the K-State secondary is the biggest surprise of the season? Oh, yeah. Van Malone has done an exceptional job with that unit, especially considering all the injuries. Well, it was until Riley didn't get arrested in Lubbock. That is the biggest surprise of the season. I would have thought Riley would have thrown down with the cop, but I'm proud of him. But, yes, football-wise, I'm stunned. They keep getting injuries. They keep playing well. And they made some mistakes late in the game. But, look, it's going to happen when you're that depleted. Lance Robinson broke up two touchdowns. Two. Impressive. For a guy that didn't play much. I just It goes back to what we said, you know, countless podcasts throughout the summer, preseason. They didn't have a guy. They didn't have a dude at corner. And they didn't have a lockdown safety. But they had some nice pieces at safety that could maybe do the job. That's kind of how we analyzed it, and we've been proven wrong. I mean, safety hasn't been great. Denzel Goolsby and Wayne Jones have both had their fair share of struggles, but I don't think that they've been horrible this year. And the corner position has been remarkable. I mean, it's just I there's no reason on earth that you should lose Walter Neal and A.J. Parker and still be able to have two quality corners on the field. Like, with... Or at least that's I'm, I'm saying that's what we thought before the year. And yet, here you are. You like Kavion out there, obviously. I think he's probably equal to Walt. And and Lance is a guy that we've just been waiting to see in this role for a while, and he finally got his shot. It's, and and not, not so much as Van. I mean, I really think that Joe Klanderman, although he coaches safeties, I mean, I'm sure he has a, an equal hand in that. Chris Kleiman, being a D-backs guy, has his hand in the bull as well. I mean, there, there's a nice combination. I think they have some nice, uh, some some really solid brains in the in the D backs room that are really kind of making this team and taking this talent to to a whole new level. From GT Cat, if you had to give an assistant coach of the year award through 11 games, uh, who is it? That's a good question. Van Malone. They can't do what they're doing on defense if the corners aren't able to handle the load better than they have in the past. I would have loved to have seen Van Malone with Duke Shelley and DJ Reed. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine? I love Tom Hayes. He's a good man. I know fans got upset with him. He's a good dude. But the fact that they weren't running press coverage of those two, and they're both in the league now, just says playing in the league. How little faith he had in his dudes and van has tons of faith and they they play for him i i have a dark horse but i don't know how to draw the line on coaching and i don't know how and you know where the line is drawn between coaching and just pure talent but the defensive tackles have been amazing this yeah, year that's true and I, I again i don't he inherited a lot there. At the end, yeah, at the end of the day, Trey Deshaun was going to play this way under any defensive tackles coach. He was hitting his stride. Jordan Mitty needed one just a full summer after a year of experience. I, you know, I, I wasn't afraid of the defensive tackle position, so I don't want to give too much credit to Mike Tuiasopo. But you did say it. I'm proud of you. I thought you were steering around it. You oh, didn't. his name? Yeah. No, but I, I just, I think. We can't ignore him. I'm curious what Buddy Wyatt has done for Wyatt Hubert. 
um, you know, Wyatt took it upon himself to change physically, but I, that's a different game they're playing out there. Yeah. They're not the same defensive ends that they were a year ago because they are in a different scheme. And so um, I think I think Buddy White has brought a lot to it. But I would be okay with anybody on the defense winning this award, probably, minus Joe Klanderman, probably. Um, and not not to say that he's been bad. It's just how much better the other coaches have been. So right. I'm, I'm good with a lot of those defensive coaches. From Purple Powerhouse, this year there seems to be this ongoing habit of committing stupid, unsportsmanlike penalties, and I'm really sick of it. Is it time for this coaching staff to start benching guys for this, or is our depth so paper thin that they simply can't? I think we saw after Saturday how they're going to handle it. They kind of publicly called out Josh Youngblood. Even if it was a controversial call, you just can't put the officials in that position to make a stupid call. So they they had him apologize. He owned it. I like the way it all played out at the end. We'll see if there's ramifications, if there's an effect that we see on Saturday against Iowa State or in the first quarter they get a stupid personal foul penalty. I know I'm probably forgetting something. I'm aware of that. Josh Youngblood at Texas Tech. Harry Trotter at KU. What other unsportsmanlike conduct? Wayne Jones jo- at Mississippi State. That was, but that was targeting. I mean, well, it's, that's a personal foul. It's unsportsmanlike tar- conduct. Are, are we talking all personal fouls? Or are we talking specifically unsportsmanlike? Because the question was unsportsmanlike. Well, yeah. I, th- I think he's just lumping them all in one. The 15-yard well, penalty. I don't Jonathan get his- Alexander at KU. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. I, did Harry Trotter have one, too? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he scored that first touchdown and definitely yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely deserved unsportsmanlike conduct. No, Look, I mean, I, I think all 15-yarders outside of pass interference. I mean, the— But how worked up can you really get over targeting call? Like, like we knew the— uh, When a quarterback's sliding? Yeah. I mean, that— No, 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 no. The, the Wayne one was— yeah, that was dumb. But, like, there was one on Elijah Sullivan earlier this year. I think it ended up getting waved off. But, like, they called it, and it was so borderline. Like, well, But that's that's borderline. We're talking about the, the obvious things where don't do that. Don't hit the guy out of bounds, Wayne. He did that later in the Mississippi State game. He had two. Yeah. And, and there's just, like, what people like Purple Powerhouse are upset with are kind of the— the self-contained lack of discipline penalties we're seeing. We can't control ourselves. I, I got to dance. I know Coach said don't dance, but I got to dance. I got to I got to unload on this guy. Play within yourself and control yourself a little bit better, because not because uh, we're boomers, but because it makes sense. It's not because we're old. It, it's because. You're being idiots. You're hurting yourself. So, I mean, but 15-yard penalties happen. You get a, a pass interference. You get that borderline late hit nonsense that the officials once in a while call. I guess what I'm saying, like, the late hits, the clear ones like Wayne Jones at Mississippi State, those can't happen. you got to stop those. Those are the ones you can be upset about. But when there's a, a play, you know, sliding quarterback and you were kind of engaged and you definitely didn't mean to, but at, at the end of the day, it's textbook rule. Like, there's a lot of those late hits or or targeting calls that you know that wasn't a stupid play. That was them being aggressive. And at the end of the day, they got caught up in a technicality review. Oh, was he engaged yet? Was he not engaged yet? 
I don't get too worked up about calls that are end up being up in the air upon review. I can understand why people are frustrated about unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, although it gets back to what we were saying yesterday in the insiders. It's like, what are we what are we penalizing people for at this point? This is, you're just getting power hungry. Yeah. There's no reason Josh Youngblood well, this, should have been. This flagged. isn't new. That's I mean, there's whole yeah. No, I know those that. things. Name salute with wild with K State fans because of the pinstripe yeah. bowl. I mean, it that you just got to take it that away from the officials. And that was always Coach Snyder's point: hand the ball to the official and go to the sideline and have fun. And it sounds like Kleiman's sending the same message. I'll be blunt. I I think they were so scared of Coach Snyder and the penalties that you know the exercise and all those things that would come with 6 a.m., you know, bear crawls or whatever they were, that they didn't do it. Kleiman's asking his guys, look, I'm not going to do that to you. Let's have some self-responsibility here and take care of this on your own. And they're not responding. And that's I think that's the frustration. I think this game might be the one that kind of wakes guys up, you know, when Josh comes out and publicly apologizes which he didn't have to do that was ridiculous i hope i hope someone didn't make him do that i hope he did that on his own well yeah i mean but whatever it it uh he erased his own play you know he made this great play oh here's 15 yards now now the team gets kick off in the 20 six plays later touchdown the your touchdown's gone yeah it 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 seeded the momentum from the kickoff and gave it back to Texas Tech with a 15-yard penalty. So, control yourself, guys. From Contra Cat, is this currently the bulkiest? I think that's Bach, like, 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 a like a balk. I don't know. Uh, the the fan base has been in some time. We seem to go from love to hate to love very quickly, and now blow up even mid sized issues to life and death. Yeah, I don't. I agree with this. I don't. I'm not understanding uh, this. I am. I agree too. Number one, you came into this season expecting six and six, seven and five at the absolute best. You knew you lost all your running backs. You knew you didn't have good receivers coming into this game. You knew like. You knew that there was a lot of concerns with this team. And when you run it on the ground for 300-some-odd yards, you know, Connor Riley's a genius, and Courtney Messingham can't call a wrong play, and then suddenly you have one bad game, and then everybody just wants to flip. And then it's, oh, Skyler's a terrible quarterback. We, he, he doesn't have what it takes to play at this level. And then it's, oh, Skyler beat Oklahoma. Like, I don't, I've seen so much back and forth, and I don't really – Maybe beating Oklahoma was just horrible for this team because that set of expectation that every game was going to be like Oklahoma. Yeah, I think that's the thing is people people are pleased with the seven wins, but they you get greedy, man. It's just how you work. And you look back at the season, they lost to this team, this team, this team, but they beat Oklahoma and Mississippi State. How did this work out? We should have beat everyone. I think it's just the nature right now of our culture. Our culture is so rooted in social media, and particularly the younger generation. But now the older generation, we still see 50 and above people migrating into Twitter, um, even though a lot of people have been over there for years like myself. But we still see six-year-olds signing up for Twitter. And, I, you know, as someone who really existed pre-Twitter, I remember resisting Twitter and Shane Howard talking me into it. There's a nuance to Twitter. There's a... 
there's like a culture in Twitter that you have to kind of understand, and it's evolved. Early on, you could basically say about anything because nobody was listening because there wasn't that many people on Twitter. But now you're held accountable for all of those tweets because people make it their point, journalists mostly now, to go back through every tweet you ever said and hold you accountable for something 10 years ago, but do it in the current like you would just said it yesterday. But also, Twitter is great for overreaction. You thought it was a charge. Someone immediately just destroys you that you don't, you're an idiot and you don't know basketball rules. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the culture of social media now. This is constant overreaction. I don't like the Cats logo. And, you know, you can't assign everyone fault for the reaction one person gives you but multiple people with the reaction shut up old guy your generation's ruined america it's our turn we're talking about a logo what are you talking about i mean so there's just this whole thing going on with twitter where it's almost like a generational war right now and and a lot of people just have twitter i said this on wibw one day if you were a k-state sports fan 20 years ago and you had an opinion that you wanted to share, your really only avenue was to call 580 Sports Talk and talk to Ron Paradis. Maybe it was longer than 20 years ago. Talk to Ron Paradis and have the guts to call in with your own voice. And maybe you made up a name, but everyone, if you they knew your voice, they knew who you were. And, and articulate your opinion live on radio and then have someone give you immediate feedback on that opinion who might disagree with you. Well, now you can just get on Twitter totally anonymously because, you know, too many people use a fake name, not their own picture. They don't want to be accountable in any way for what they say and just attack people. And you don't even have to do it. You can think it out. You can go, you measure it and go, you don't really have to be able to communicate your opinion correctly. You just. You know, it's just incredible. It's just, it. It. I, I'm not going to be the old guy that says it's ruining America, but it is. We're in dangerous times, and and that all spills over into sports where people overreact, and um, you know, just it, it, differing opinions now have become so personal to so many people. I disagree with you, Nazi. I mean, it's just like, wait, let's. I, I think it's a beautiful day outside. I think it's a it's a miserable day, and I hate you, and I hope your children die of the plague. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, it does. It just does. Like, I mean, not to harp on the the charge call thing last night, but it's like everybody today, if they disagreed with me, they would be walking around. Oh, Riley Gates thought it was a charge. He hates K State. But on the other side, I could walk around and be like. Well, Wildcat fan 1746 says it wasn't a charge, you know, whatever. I'm sorry if there's a Wildcat fan 1746. I tried to make up something on the fly, but it just, yeah. I I, you shouldn't be allowed to have anonymous screen names if you're going to be like that. I would pay for a premium Twitter, which everyone has to be verified with their identity. I would pay for Twitter for a lot of reasons, but that's just because I'm an idiot. Oh, Darren Ravel agrees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he unblocked me But he'd, he'd pay for Twitter From Queso Cat What do you think the various bowl scenarios are for this team? Queso would go to a bowl 
There we go. Wow, look at you. Watch okay. that limb you're walking out on there. Okay, so basically it comes down to does the Big 12 get one or two teams into the New York Six Bowls? Well, I think we can establish that barring a meteor hitting, Oklahoma's not getting in the 14 playoff. They've already decided that. That Alabama will be in or Georgia will be in. It's an SEC team. You need Auburn to win this weekend if you want right. Oklahoma in a playoff. Right, and then you need um, LSU to beat Georgia in the championship game. Then they both well, the Oklahoma can still get in if if Alabama. Well, Georgia's still ahead of them. So if Georgia beats LSU, Georgia and LSU right. are Georgia, going. LSU, Clemson, Clemson. Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State. I forgot about them. Um, yeah, okay, so let's just let's just go ahead and work with the theory that Oklahoma's not in the playoff. And Big 12's only. If Oklahoma one wins in. the playoff, if Oklahoma wins the Big Twelve championship, you're definitely not getting two teams in a New Year's Six. Right. Because Baylor, with two Baylor won't get one with two losses and no conference championship. So it, there is a possibility if Baylor beats Oklahoma, that Oklahoma with two losses could sneak into the, one of the lower slots of the New Year's Six, and then the Big 12 gets two teams in. And with Jalen Hurts, I see that as very likely. I see that as more likely than, than more unlikely. But let's work with the theory that Oklahoma goes to the New Year's Six and Baylor doesn't. Baylor's going to fall down to the Alamo Bowl. Oh. Poor Ralph and poor Baylor have to go to the Humble Bowl. What, what would that be, like two hours from Waco? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little further yeah, probably. Maybe three. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State is likely going to the Camping World Bowl unless they implode this weekend against Oklahoma and K-State. See, this, this is this where, is where it gets interesting. This is where I disagree with you. It depends on who the Camping World Bowl gets on the other side. If they get Notre Dame, if they get someone of that significance – I think I saw that. That's almost set, by the way. Then if Texas beats – see, they changed the rules, and I'm glad someone – I I hadn't gone back and reread the rules. But the rules now are, uh, you know, once the New Year's Six Bowls are done picking, if you're bowl eligible in the Big 12, the Alamo could pick TCU if they wanted at 6-6. Six and six. If they want, in theory, they could. It, that rule does not work well for Kansas State and Iowa State. Kansas, if they ever start playing college football again, um, you know, those teams. It, all those Bulls are going to think, well, if we take Baylor, they'll bring a bunch of people because they're real close. What they don't bring is a bunch of tourists. They bring people come down for the game and then leave. So the, those Bulls, it all becomes about economic impact and TV ratings, mostly TV ratings. If Texas finishes seasons at season at seven and five by beating Texas Tech. I think Texas goes to the camping world bowl I and play Notre Dame. I everyone's looking at it. Oklahoma State might deserve it, but Texas will get it. Our friends over at Irish Illustrated have put together a bowl layout. Everybody has Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. I mean everybody. ESPN, twenty four seven sports, CBS, everybody has them in the Camping World Bowl. That's going to happen. And Texas Notre Dame in Orlando, as ugly as seven and five Texas is, that's probably going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm, I understand why people from the outside are picking Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's probably going to lose if Oklahoma State wins against Oklahoma. Hell, yes, they should be in the Camping World Bowl. I mean, they'll be the clear third place team in this conference. Well, I think they would go. Oklahoma State definitely goes if they beat Oklahoma. They go to the Camping World Bowl. No, they don't. They don't definitely anything. Camping World Bowl can take anyone they want. No, I know that, but nine and three, they wouldn't pass on nine and three. If they if they win, you're saying they definitely go or lose? If they win. 
Well, I thought you said lose. No. no. Okay. If they win, yeah, they're probably going. Yeah. yeah. I said that. But if yeah. they lose, which I think they will, there's nothing definite about them. Right. That's just – Texas is just kind of the – the wrench in the plan right now that's that's throwing everything for a loop. It's the way it always because has been Texas. and always will be because it's Texas. I don't feel good about K-State's chances to play in the Camping World Bowl. I'll say that. I don't really see that happening. Okay. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State. Texas Tech beats Texas. And Kansas State beats Iowa State. So all those teams that K-State's competing with for a bowl game would be coming off a loss. And K-State would have got win number eight. In that scenario... Maybe, but even then, exactly. what, what's better, eight and four Oklahoma State with right. a Heisman potential running back, or Kansas State? Right. I mean, so basically, what we're saying is, if you've got one team in the New York Six, one team in the Alamo, the top two teams, clearly the top two teams, then out of the next four, the Big Twelve is either going to have six or seven bowl eligible. TCU needs to win. Who do they play? Why am I spacing that off? West Virginia. TCU needs to be at West Virginia to get win number six. In all likelihood, if if TCU wins, they're in the first responders bowl. It's right there, SMU Stadium, done deal. God, what a gross. Yeah, especially gross you gotta, game. You got to go play in the stadium of the team that beat you earlier in the year. <laughs> um, but then you look at the standings. You've got Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Texas. The next four bowl slots will be divvied up between those four teams. We're talking Camping World, Texas, Cheese It. Excuse me. Liberty. Liberty and, be- Liberty and then cheese it. So in that scenario, folks, really, win or lose, Liberty and cheese it are most likely. When Liberty becomes more likely, lose, cheese it becomes more likely. Right? I think. I mean, I think the Texas Bowl is in play if you win on Saturday. If if you get other things to happen, like Texas I don't think losing. Texas is going to the. Te- didn't Texas just play in the Texas Bowl last year? No, they played. In the no, Sugar they played Bowl the Sugar Bowl uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. The they Texas Bowl is going to want Texas or Oklahoma State over K State. It's just the reality, man. Yeah, God, it sucks. Dang, they're going to go to Memphis. I think Liberty is probably the most is likely. Is eight just... four Kansas State really going to go to Memphis? Could be. That's absurd. It could be. Man, and and you know why? Because. Where's that bowl? It's a little bit further north than those bowls in Texas. It's a little bit more equidistance between Kansas State and whatever down in Texas. That That's the problem is there's not enough bowls that view K-State on an equal footing with any school in the old Big 12 South. Win on Saturday, and then you got to hope that one of the bigger bowls, the Camper World or the Texas Bowl, once a change, shake it up. That's, I mean, that's your only chance to not go to Phoenix or Memphis. Well, if Notre Dame's in the Camping World Bowl, I don't see any scenario in which they'd take Kansas State to play Notre Dame. Unless it had only been, if Texas loses to Tech. Unless it'd been just absolutely obvious that nine and three Kansas State deserved that bowl, they're going to take Texas or Oklahoma State. Yeah, probably. Texas wins, they'll probably take Texas. I really believe that. Would six and six Texas go to the Texas Bowl? They can do whatever they damn well yeah. please. God, who who's Texas? Who's the Texas Bowl looking at? Oh. SEC, uh, probably Mississippi State, A&M? or is that K State A and M in the Texas Bowl again? again? <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Someone, pro- someone projected K State Mississippi State in the Liberty Bowl at one yeah. point, and I was like, "Do you even look at 
<laughs> at schedules. Uh, let's see here. CBS Bowl projections. But that's interesting because the SEC assigns teams. If the SEC assigns Mississippi State to the Liberty Bowl, the Liberty Bowl has to make that decision. And then they'll probably take the other team and off to the Phoenix Cheez-It Crap Bowl. CBS has Oklahoma State, Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl right now. And when you run down the list of SEC schools. So they have Texas in the camping world? Yes, Notre Dame, Texas. Yep. See, that's a game that. Kansas, that's, that's a Kansas dream game. State USC in the Alamo Bowl. What? So they have two teams. Whoa. Oh, this is this has Oklahoma in the playoff. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, that the only way that happens is the two teams get in. Well, boomer sooner, I guess. <laughs> See if that's it's strange to think that, but I think the Alamo Bowl would want Kansas State. Oh, the the Alamo Bowl would jump for Kansas State, I think. They love K-State. They they do. They do more than the Texas Bowl, more than other. It's just odd after. K-State belongs in the Alamo Bowl. The odd, odd relationship yeah. K-State has with the Alamo Bowl when it was, was the Cheez-It Bowl. It was the Cheez-It Bowl in 1998. I mean, it was the equivalent yeah. of the Cheez-It Bowl. Oh, I was like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> in 1998, to put it in context for people, people don't understand how upset K-State was about the Alamo Bowl. It would be like Baylor. They're going to make the playoff. They don't make the playoff. Oh, Camping World's taking someone. Alamo's taking someone. Texas Bowl's taking someone. You get the Liberty Bowl. God. That I mean, that's exactly what happened to K-State. One win, or excuse me, one loss in the championship game, and you fall all the way down to the Liberty Bowl. Yeesh. So, but yeah, that's that's the way it looks. It's going to be just a mad scramble. We'll have a better picture probably of- tonight. <clears throat> and then Saturday. I mean, tonight we'll get an idea of what they think of Oklahoma. Oh, oh yeah, with the playoffs. Yeah, I just don't see a scenario. I really, well, I guess I'm not a... counting them out yet because Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. Yeah. TV ban. TV. He's, he's Alabama light. Can you imagine the scenario if they could find a way to get Jalen Hurts to play Alabama in the playoff? Oh my God. <laughs> They would try their hardest. They're oh, going no, to try they will try so hard. <laughs> uh, oh, number one seed, Oklahoma. I'm just sick of the SEC being able to play eight conference games and trash games in November. They should absolutely be penalized for that. In a in a fair world, if the Pac-12, ACC, or Big 12 did that, they would be hammered for it. Man up. Quit complaining that you don't play traditional rivals. Easy solution. Play nine games. Well, if Baylor was undefeated, they'd be getting penalized for their non-con schedule right now. Doesn't make sense. You should be penalized for anything less than ten power five games. If you play nine, if you only play eight, it should be that much worse. Maybe like the death penalty. Back to the bowl thing. I think that if K-State is available at the Liberty Bowl, that is where they will go. I don't think that they would fall beyond that. Well, No, I don't think so. My, my concern is the SEC will just assign Mississippi State. But the Liberty Bowl and SEC kind of work together. I think K-State showed out so well at the Liberty Bowl last time that they would probably take them if they're. And, and the reason was it was a different venue. And the Cheez-It Bowl was two years ago. Yeah. And – it all adds up. The Big 12 not juggling its bowl lineup was just atrocious. People get bored with bowls and stop going. Casey, it's been to that Phoenix Bowl. It's a long haul. Folks aren't going to go in the numbers that they used to go to that game. It's just not going to happen. I don't, it's back at Sun Devil Stadium, isn't it? No. No. It's at Chase Field. Yeah. 
They were supposed to move it back at some point, but they didn't. Man, I that just, bowl sucks. I just, I, it makes me sad that the Liberty Bowl and the Cheez-It Bowl are. It's probably going to be one of those two, and I, those are the two bowls that I'm just like, don't go there, please. I wish Denver had an indoor stadium so we could have a weed bowl. One re- <laughs> The dispensary bowl. And this the whole inside of the dome smells like skunk. Okay. <laughs> okay, boomers. Have fun. From Contra Cat, last question of the first half. Any insight you can provide on Ben Newman's relationship with the team? He seems to be at every game. Is Kleiman or Gene paying him to be there? Is he on a full-season retainer? Just curious how that works. Ben Newman goes to every football game, I'm convinced. He doesn't. For everybody. He goes to Alabama games, too. No, I mean, oh, every game, every game for everybody. He, go, he doesn't go to North Dakota State games anymore. That no. relationship ended. That was a, well, yeah, because it this was a Kleiman relationship. This is a relationship with Chris Kleiman. He's kind of his motivational guy. Hype yeah, man. Yeah, he is on retainer. I'm not a Ben Newman fan. I I think it's a lot of it's and if you every catchphrase is borrowed or stolen. I mean, he's a good motivational speaker. He gives a good halftime postgame speech, pregame speech, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Kleiman sells himself short on that. Kleiman mentioned something about having Newman to do those things. I think Chris Kleiman gets pretty good speeches. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I Pound the Stone is borrowed from another motivational book. So it's I don't know. I, but he is he is paid. And apparently well paid because I'm told he flies private everywhere. Yeah, he's always taking pictures on his private jet. He does K-State. He does Bama. Apparently he does Michigan State basketball now. Um, or has for a while, I don't know. So he does that as well. And he does talks corporate to speaking, yeah, businesses. Yeah. And he doesn't come in there and yell, give them a sledgehammer and yell, pound the stone when they're just trying to push products. But I don't know. I I don't really have an opinion on one way or the other. Like I don't feel like he's been a distraction at all. And at the end of the day, he just tweets some things every now and then. And he's like, "We have work to do. I'll be in you know wheels up to Manhattan." And then. And then he's on Twitter. Like, uh, I I don't really. He doesn't take up much of my time. I guess is what I'm, I'm kind of the same way. He I'm like, oh yeah, Ben Newman. He doesn't bother me. It, you know, well, it does bother me. It's just kind of shtick. It's kind of. I get a little tired of that. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't seem sincere to me. If it seems the- like I'm paid as a corporate speaker to come here and motivate you to do better. You can pound the stone. You know, it's just like, come on. It's it seems like. Uh, a performance instead of being sincere. I hope pound the stone is not a thing next year. I'll put it that way. I'm sure it will be. It will be. The funniest thing I saw at the West Virginia game was when Skyler was down injured and Nick Ost is warming on warming up on the sidelines and like out of like just like nowhere, Ben Newman appears and like kind of puts his head like against his helmet <laughs> and just like for like five seconds says something to him and then just like goes back and like disappears back into like the, just the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> God, that'd be good. Like you never just, see him. Like he doesn't jump up and like, like, just like on TV or anything. He just, just appeared. He's and, in there somewhere. And he whispered into his ear, "Nick, I've been meaning to tell you. You've got pretty eyes. <laughs> Look, listen. You're just the backup. It's probably not going to go all that well. All we need you to do is not fumble the ball. Nick, don't screw this up. Power stone, or you will be aided. Nick, you could be the greatest." 
You could be. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. The opportunity to become the greatest backup quarterback in college football history exists here today. Now go pound the stone because that's the saying now. We're done with the first half. God, it was long. It was a podcast. Oh my God, it was so long. Ah, we'll be back. Stay locked in. The Power Cat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast. It feels like that break lasted forever. It did. It did. We recorded a segment, and then we went to a press conference, and then we worked. Well, those guys worked. And then uh, we recorded part of the pregame podcast because we had everyone together, and now we're back. And we needed a long break because that first half was long. Yeah, that that I hope you have plenty of time on Thanksgiving to digest your food and that long podcast that we're doing right now. Or on your drive today. Yeah, it's good for the drive. It's very good. It'll put the kids to sleep. It'll anger your wife. Although, listen to us, you might not be angry at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the PowerCat Podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. That's the place you go to get liquor. And I've mentioned this earlier, but you, you probably need to go there on Friday. If you're within shouting distance of this podcast, which doesn't make sense because, anyhow, um, if you're somewhere in the Manhattan area and you like really good bourbon, go to the fridge as early as possible on Friday morning. People camp out Thursday nights. I'll drive by. We always go to our friends at Wilkinson's house on Thanksgiving night, do the family thing during the day, the Wilkinson's at night, and then we come home and we go drive by the fridge, and there are people camping at the fridge because they have an incredible bourbon Black Friday sale. So get to the fridge on Friday. Great deals, incredible prices on the elite bourbons that you can't find very often. And uh, even if you're not into that, go to the fridge. Just go there. Just go there and say, Fitz said I should come here. What do I need to buy? And they will give you stuff. Well, they won't give it to you. And you know you will I mean. pay for it, and they will give it to All you. Right. Uh, this segment sponsored by uh, the, our friends at the High Low. Zach's very excited about the High Low having this Instagram account. Yeah. I was just going to say, I thought you were going to say excited that they are doing this Christmas pop-up. I'm like, no, I'm just happy they followed me on Instagram. Yep. He's, what's Big it, day what's for Zach. Big day. Miracle on Morrow. Oh, that's it's right. It's like Miracle. a pop-up Christmas bar. Big day for Big day for Zach that someone followed him on a social media platform that, that he doesn't to. use. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. If you have an Instagram account, you should be required to post at least once a month. That's true. I'm kind of curious if you post once a month. I'm not sure you do. Probably. My last Instagram post was November 3rd. And before that? October 18th and September 9th and July. Oh, I missed August. You you missed August. Oh, no. I only posted. You played yourself. I only post about my dogs. Here's what happened: I is I thought dogs. my what? I don't have any dogs to take pictures. I didn't post. I didn't post in August because I thought my friend was going to get his wedding pictures back in August for the July wedding, 
He, so. just, he got him back in like October, man. It's well, crazy. Were they still married? Apparently. Okay. That's good. Maybe that's what they wait on. A lot of people have told me that I messed up because I was apparently I'm supposed to, as best man, sign the marriage certificate. Yeah. But no, like everybody has said that to me except for them. And I asked, I was like, am I supposed to do this? And he's like, nah, you're good. So I don't, I don't know. So who witnessed? Hey, you gotta have a witness. Probably had his dad do it. Give me a witness. Maybe they didn't want you on their marriage. Maybe they didn't want you on a legal form about their marriage. I mean, I think that I think that's a very valid point. Let's get going here. Questions from Wabash Station. We were really long in the first half, um, so long that the recording stopped at one minute and then continued. That won't happen in this half. I don't think. Zach, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. From Schultz M43, are we going to come out and try to ground and pound against a tough physical Iowa State defense, or are we going to pass more from the start? Look, if they didn't pass more from the start against Texas Tech, they're not going to pass more from the start against Iowa State. See, I'm the other way. I think just screw it. Go for it. I mean, that's what I want to see. Just go for it, man. Just they, They're really good with running the ball, and they're probably all amped up to stop your run. Just go for it. You're not going to be able to come out and shove it down Iowa State's throat. You can't. You won't do it. If you can, you it's a miracle the way you've been running. Not only are you not running and blocking well right now, but Iowa State is a stout defensive front. And guess what? Three down. Yeah, I mean, that's right. They are. It's almost like every Big 12 team watches film. And they're like, this team cannot beat a three-man front. Well, it cracks me up because how long did West Virginia use the three-three-five, and it worked? It was good, and then they have a coaching change, and everyone else goes to it, and West Virginia goes back to a four-man. <laughs> but they use some three-man. But yeah, it's not good. I say just open it up, uncork it, run it. Pass to set up the run, which is totally contrary to my football beliefs. But I think in this game, you need to spread the field so you can run it, throw it around, just let it loose. We've talked about it on the uh, the section of the pregame show we did a little bit earlier. But this is a really good Iowa State team. Everyone expects you to lose. They've lost their four combined games by 11 points. People are going to write you off. What do you got to lose, man? Just go do your thing. Just go play free and kind of like you did against Oklahoma. Yeah. Treat them like Oklahoma. They're really good, man. Just go play. Let's go have some fun. And boom, they won that game. From Contra Cat, has Courtney Messingham been saving anything for his old Ames friends? That's that's a built-up narrative. They're all different coaches. Yeah. He has no affiliation with Iowa State other than that. Once upon a time, he was there. And he, he would tell you the same thing. And, and he ran a different offense. I mean, this is a different offense of what he was doing. People are like, oh, he soaked it. Oh, state. Well, he's running a different offense now. He's found something else that, you know, worked at North Dakota State. Now, it will work at Kansas State. Now, that's not to say they don't have something backed up, you know, yet. What am I trying to say? I don't know, but you're doing it very well. They don't have, it's not to say that they don't have something up their sleeve that, they could pull out for this game. But it's not like he said, ooh, I'm going to save that for Iowa State so I can show them who's boss and show them who got the better end of the 
firing or, you know, it's just, it's just, it kind of feels like they've been slowly putting more things in throughout the season. Um, you know, obviously the, the Malik Knowles formation has become kind of a consistent thing, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't expect this like major change in, in what they're going to be running just because it's Iowa State. Now, with that said, if we find out later this week that Courtney Messingham got a Farmageddon tattoo, you're probably right. <laughs> probably has a little fire in his belly. A little ill will. Yeah, exactly. From Get Out More Cat, Matt Campbell. Is he really great, or is he so, or is he just so much better than everyone expected when he got the job? Both. I think he's pretty good. He's not as good as what I thought. They should be better this season. You can't consistently lose close games and be good in my, be great in my book. It's fair. I mean, they just they play too many close games. They played Kansas close. They played Northern Iowa close. I mean, they, there's just something missing from the. The stew this year, and and I think he's a very good coach. You don't go to Iowa State and win eight wins back to back. You don't have winning seasons back to back to back and go to bowls. What they've only done that a few times, three times in a row for bowls. Yeah, Dan McCarney was the last coach to win eight or more games at Iowa State before Matt Campbell did it in 2017, and Dan McCarney did that in the year 2000. So I don't think that you know everyone out here saying overrated everyone out here saying that he's you know not all that good of a coach i'm sorry but you're wrong that's just that's just where he's he's a good coach and and he's the right coach for iowa state he's got him on the path that i believe is is the one to success and i i think that if iowa state hadn't been picked third in the big 12 this season we'd be talking about matt campbell a lot differently well i find it intriguing that some people don't think he's very good and yet his name consistently comes up for other jobs i mean he's getting tied to florida state now i don't know if that's a good fit for him he's kind of an upper midwest type of guy i feel like where he's at at iowa state works well with the people he recruits yeah i think he'll end up in the big 10 eventually but i really hope i really do even as a k-stater that he stays in Ames for a prolonged period Iowa State deserves it. The Big 12 deserves it. The Big 12 shouldn't be a pass-through conference to other jobs in Power 5 schools. Now, I get it if it's Ohio State or Michigan. I get it. I don't get Florida State. I think that's a has-been program until they get their facilities fixed. I mean, I get a few of the SEC schools. I understand, but I don't want – it bothers me when people say, well, Chris Kleiman, if Iowa comes open, he's going. No, that's Which a, I don't get that at all. I know he grew up a fan of Iowa and he went to Northern Iowa. I know that, but at some point you're tied to being at a school for five, six, seven, ten years if Gene will have him, to steal his own quote. Uh, yeah, like Gene's going to run you out of town. You <laughs> Gene, only won seven games, Chris. You got you to gotta go. Gene runs him out of town, and I think someone's running Gene out of town. Yeah. So, I mean – at some point, it becomes Bill Snyder proves it. He was an Iowa guy. I mean, he'd coached there so long, but eventually K State became his place. So I don't, I don't buy into that. Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, Florida. I think Matt Campbell would, if if the money was right, I think he would go to Florida State because it's in the ACC, which is a pretty damn easy conference to be successful in. You only have Clemson. I bet you he has better facilities at Iowa State. Probably. That's crazy. But you could, I mean, you could start to leverage that, you know, hey, you need to fix X, Y, and Z. I 
could see USC putting him on the list if they fire Clay Hilton. If he if he went to Arkansas, I would be dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded. But who knows what's going to happen. Anyone going to Arkansas right now is an idiot. Somebody has to take the job, Fitz. They have to have a football coach. Well, I mean, they're going to end up with someone that, I don't know. They'll, they'll hire an assistant. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. I mean, that job is toxic right now. You are in a tailspin in the toughest division in college football. It's a yes. perfect time to invite Arkansas to the Big 12. You want to come? There's no exit? You can play Kansas every year? Over. KU would beat Arkansas right now. Well, yeah. Arkansas just, they've just lost all the momentum in their program. It's kind of sad, honestly. Like, I don't like Arkansas, but they were the third best team in the country in that 2011 Cotton Bowl. Do you like bacon? Yeah. Then part of you likes Arkansas. Ooh. Bacon. Bacon. So you're saying I don't like Arkansas? Yeah, Zach, doesn't, like doesn't, like, Zach doesn't like bacon. It's overrated. Yeah. Oh, crap. From hey, uh, I'm gonna be new new video guy. Send why why'd you fire Zach? I found out I didn't like bacon. Man. Send resume and cover letter to Tim <laughs> and some bacon. <laughs> yeah, it better just be a pack of bacon. <laughs> From K Ned, you said the KU game was big for Kleiman to set a tone, especially with local recruits. Isn't this game just as big, even more so for Iowa State? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You're if, recruiting. Kleiman makes one hell of a statement if he beats Iowa State because Iowa State's coming into Kansas, Kansas City area, Nebraska. They're they're just in a lot of shared territories. And Kleiman winning the game over the, you know, the great Matt Campbell in year one makes a statement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, you're not going to look if K State beat. I can already see the message board post popping up on Saturday if K State wins. If K-State beats Iowa State, Hayden Pauls is not flipping his commitment to K-State just because of one game. So just don't even ask the question, man. It's not going to happen. If it hasn't happened already, he's not going to flip, what, two weeks before signing day, three weeks before signing day? So just chill on that one. But what if Matt Campbell's name starts getting tied to all kinds of jobs? Well, let's, yeah, let's let that happen first. But it does go a long way because I'm tying him to every job that's open right now. <laughs> I'm on the record. He's a candidate everywhere. I would say you're technically a candidate everywhere. If you apply, yeah, that's true. Don't you have to post head football coaching jobs mm-hmm. on the internet? Uh, if you're a state job, K state was on the, didn't we find, no, I was athletic director. Yeah. If it's, a, if you're a state university, but if you're, I like, don't think they ever posted K states, Notre Dame or something. Football or athletic director was definitely on the internet at one point. I mean, a lot of these jobs are, yeah, but just because you funny don't have a public I mean it's not on Indeed. You can't yeah. apply with your resume on Indeed. Why not? Cuz it's not on Indeed. It's on some back-channeled probably on monster.com on the state site. Does right. anyone still use monster.com? I don't know. I haven't searched for a job in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Before the Fair. internet existed. <laughs> I still have an old resume somewhere with typos in it, probably. Yeesh. From a typewriter? Yeah, well, you had to take them. Yeah, you know, last resume that I really had printed up, yeah, I had another one. But when I applied at the St. Joe, Missouri News Press Gazette, I had to take it to a typesetting place. Because I don't know what that is. Like, they, they typed it up for you and said it, and they they screwed up my birth date. 
Nice. So it showed when I applied for a job, it showed I was eight years old or something. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't impressive Just at all. Putting that right out there. I'm eight. From KNED, what are the percentage chances of a coaching change at each Big 12 school right now? Baylor's not going to happen hmm? unless the cow- the Cowboys coming calling would be the only one, I think. Uh I don't know. There's probably other pro teams. He's not if he if he skipped out on the Jets last year to go home, he's not gonna take other NFL jobs. It's a Jets. It was an NFL coaching job back home. What? I know, but any it's a any other coach but any NFL franchise that needs a head coach is in an equal place as the Jets and not at home. There's a difference. The between... Giants are the only other one. But maybe he doesn't care about home. He actually did it? get tied to the Giants today. I will say that. I mean, Let's be honest. I'm going to stroke your ego. The Cowboys are different than the Jets. Yeah. There's something that goes with being the coach of the Cowboys, although they said the last time. Um, Easy. Yeah, I know. How would you know? It was 10 years ago. Because I had the internets back then. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Rules, I think he's going to stay. I do, too. Matt Campbell, we just kind of went into that. Les Miles isn't going anywhere. And what's the percentage chance for Campbell, then? To leave? Yeah. 10. Duh, 25. I'd go higher than that. 25. I'd put it in the 30s. 33.2. Less Miles is not going anywhere because no one's trying to poach Less Miles. Well, we could put a percentage on it, but he'd forget it. <laughs> There's a 0% chance Less Miles is being poached right now and a 5% chance he would leave. Uh, okay, who else we got? Chris Kleiman, 0 and 0. He literally asked for more job security on Saturday. <laughs> Please Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley to the Dallas Cowboys, I think makes a lot of sense. And if Jerry Jones is smart and pulls the damn trigger on Jason Garrett, he can back a money truck up to his driveway and say, what do you need? He's got it all. He has everything he needs to succeed in the NFL. If if you got a job and they backed up a money truck to your house, would you unload it or tell them to go to the bank? I think I'd probably unload it and just... Can you imagine Lincoln Riley's offense with one of the best running backs in the NFL, an elite receiver, Dak Prescott, and a real defense? Oh, my God. I'm printing the 2020 Super Bowl champion shirts as we speak. Maybe silver and blue isn't on his color wheel. Oh, but Oklahoma red and cream are... Brings out the pink in his cheeks. Feds, I'd tell the truck to go to the bank. Yeah, to go to the bank. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Cowboys are the only job Lincoln Riley's leaving for. There's no college job that he's no, going to get poached for. Gun Patterson? I don't know. Gun Gary Patterson will just retire. Yeah, he's I grumpy think he, ass. I might, he, if they lose Saturday to West Virginia, then yeah. they play, he might retire. Could you see him retiring if they won a bowl game at 6-6? Six and six? Yeah, Go out maybe. on top? Maybe. I don't know. Coaches don't like to do that. Coaches, coaches have to be run off. Gary Bob Patterson Stoops went on the top. Cranky. He's always been cranky. He's so mean to reporters too. Like he's the guy, you know when the teacher would say, "Hey, can I go to the bathroom?" I don't know. Can you? He does that crap on uh, the teleconference. Uh, uh, Gundy. I don't know. Gundy. It seems like Gundy's in the mix for being fired every year for some reason. Well, Gundy's one of those guys that seems on the outside like he might be a good hire for someone. And then they kind of go, nah, I don't want him. 
With T-Boone gone, nobody's there to write that check. I mean, no, you know. T-Boone didn't like him. That actually works to his advantage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you I, paid him $20 for a haircut, didn't you hear? That's so funny. <laughs> Neil Brown's not going anywhere. Matt Wells not going anywhere. Tom Herman. Tom Herman could be in trouble. If I Tom- picked Tech to beat Texas. <sighs> I think they're in big trouble. I don't think they'll fire him this year. I think they'll fire him four games into next year. Five and seven? No. Maybe six and six. Oh, six and six. That's right. They would be six and six. They'd go to the... They'd probably get the camping roll bowl still. <laughs> Let me look at this. Texas opens up the season next year. Home against USF. At LSU. UTEP. If you go into Death Valley and get just run out of the stadium one year after you go six and six, you don't think people would be signing, lining up to write that check, that buyout check? You're not going to go to the next one? Dana Dimmel rolls into Austin and beats him? If Daniel Demo's still there, <laughs> UTEP's not exactly going all that well. Yeah. If UTEP wins, they'll just hold Dana Demo hostage. <laughs> you're the new coach. <laughs> so look, I I don't I the only coaching change I will predict, or I, I would say is the most likely, is Tom Herman. It's crazy, but you're right. And Lincoln Riley is second. I mean, the all four new coaches aren't. No one's going to be replaced. Nobody's leaving. Well, Neil Brown could leave. For what? Mississippi State. Get down in the SEC. What an uninspired. But, like, what? Ugh. He's a Southern boy. If they hired Neil Brown after a 5-7 and seven season or 4-8 and eight at West Virginia, talk about uninspiring. They're going to fire Joe Moorhead for Neil Brown? I don't know. Joe Moorhead's a Yankee. They should have never hired him. Ugh. Last football question from Queso Cat. Will we have anyone on the first team all Big 12 team? Hubert's flirting with it. If Wyatt Hubert isn't first team all Big 12, I'm going to throw a fit. Yeah. I, and I'm going to be honest. I don't vote on these things because I'd have to pay a lot of attention to other teams. And we don't have the – we don't get a vote. Yeah, we do. We can get a vote if we want. We do? I think. Maybe not. Maybe not. I thought it was decided by the league's coaches. Well, that's the coaches' poll. Yeah, there's an. No, I, do we have two All Big Twelves? Uh, I don't know. It's just the AP and coaches. Well, what do you think? And the ESPN. AP? Yeah, AP would has voters. I don't know. I don't know. What am I talking about? Uh, Wyatt Hubert's probably the only guy. Yeah, I mean, Devin they'll, Angel. they'll have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's had some bad punts, but he's in almost every game he's buried the opponent at least once. I think, uh, as I'm trying to pull it up here, yeah, Devin Engel does lead the Big 12 in punting average right now. Yeah. But it's not by much. Yeah, but it's not just the number. It's yeah. even with his bad shanks once in a while, they'll he have, buries you. At most, they'll have two on the first team, but they'll have a lot, I think, on all Big 12 teams. Uh, right. I mean, first off, honorable mention is stupid long, so a lot of people takes get one that. Vote. I mean... Got to think that, well, A.J. Parker was until he got hurt. So I'll take that one back. Daquan might get a vote or two. Trey Deshaun will probably get honorable mention or second team just because a lot of people will say Trey Deshaun was tough to block. But 
Yeah, no. I, first team, probably Wyatt and uh, Blake Lynch? Maybe. I don't know. I think Dick or the Kicker will be first. Oh, God, yeah, just because his name. It's good marketing. And he's, I guess he did hit two We're going to find out later that his name was never Dicker. He did hit two game-winning field goals. Uh, whatever. The, like, the announcer at Texas even introduced him as that. <laughs> Dicker, the kicker. Oh, look, look, when you come strolling into, uh, into the game against K-State wearing a suit jacket and no undershirt and your tie is, like, loosely, loosely tied up on, you lose the right to be called Cameron Dicker. At that point, you are Dicker the kicker, and that needs to go on your driver's license. Uh, probably, yeah. Did when he gets announced, does he does do the, like the crotch chop? Like, bam! Three pumps. There we go. That's two different things, but okay. Uh, basketball questions. Here we go. Itam Itam BB is free throw performance more on the coaches or players? Players. Yeah, I, look. I mean, uh, I agree with some of the things posted on Wabash Station. You have to coach fundamentals. There's some hitches in there, but damn it, quit jacking around, shooting three-pointers, and dunking the ball all the time in your free time. Put your toe on the line and get your shot going. That's what it is. It's a culture of, I want to shoot the three-pointer or I want to dunk, depending on what part of the game you're best at or if you're the guys that can do both show-offs. But, I mean, that's what it's about now. Nobody sits at the free-throw line, bounce, bounce, bounce. Pause, shoot, over and over and over. Well, and that's where I was, excuse me, that's where I was about to go with it is everybody was like, oh, we need to coach them better on free throws. There's nothing you can do to coach free throws unless somebody doesn't know how to shoot a free throw. Right. You can teach form. At some point, yeah, yeah, sure, you can throw the guys on the line like you do in high school. Everybody on the line, you miss a free throw, it's a sixer or whatever, you know, something like that. You can play that game. But it's exactly it's it's shooting at the end of the day. It's you get in the gym, okay? We're not going to waste an hour of practice time teaching you to shoot clutch free throws. You have free time, get into the gym, j- get up a hundred free throws or something like now, that. Now keep in mind they are allocated how much time they can have practice. I would imagine most coaches now, unless there's a real problem, which in case it's wandering into that pretty quickly, tells tell their players your own time shoot free throws your own time take care of this you're a big boy yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that you're that bad as a team shooting free throws that's as much coaching as you know leadership on the team just hit half of those free throws last night you win the game oh easily it's ridiculous i don't even want to talk about other calls we're probably going to talk about it um but just take care of your stuff don't for me when you shoot what were the, what do they end up three of thirteen when you shoot three of thirteen from the free throw line you forfeit any right to complain about anything else in the game take care of your business from Ema PT I don't think I've said this one so welcome Ema PT man I hope he's a physical therapist because I hurt myself standing today. He did. <laughs> Not like he stood up and hurt himself. He was just standing. I wasn't and even then, moving. And then he almost fell. <laughs> My knee just said, hey, I'm done. <laughs> sad. Yeah. Of the bigs on the roster, how many are on the team next season? Look, we, we always say that we don't like to play this hypothetical game of guessing who's going to leave, who's going to get asked to leave, things like that. But 
Love and Shed have to go. There's no point at this time to not help them find a different avenue. They're not on the floor. They clearly cannot stay healthy. And even if tomorrow the doctor said, yep, James is medically cleared. His foot is 110%. What are you going to get out of him? Nothing. You're going to get nothing. He hasn't played basketball in forever. And, and he wasn't that good before. They're just, they're, they're eating. It sounds horrible to say this about a person. They're eating up and wasting space. They're wasting scholarships right now. So to answer the question, and I'm going to put Martavius Murphy as a three. <laughs> did you call him Martavius? Or I, did. <laughs> I did. Montavious Murphy. Sorry. Uh, Mont- I'm going to put Montavious Murphy as a three. I'm not going to count him as a big man. Even though he plays a four. Nah, hell, you can count him. So, A. Gordon, Levi Stockard. That's all. That's all. They need to go find another big man. I wouldn't even make a secret of it. In How fact, much? I wouldn't. If those guys are still injured at the break. Thank you for your service. Yes. Go find a school right now. You can transfer and spend your semester there. And then you'd be eligible next December to play. How much more of a leash do we give Levi Stockard? And I mean, I'm we, we're overly critical of Levi. Maybe sometimes let's look at this analytically. Or he's what? only he survives because he's the best of the worst. He's so bad. He frustrates the hell out of me. He frustrates the hell out he of me. Turned the ball over five times last night. At one point, K State had ten turnovers, and he was responsible for five of them. Did you notice his defense on the game-winning shot? Not on the game winner. I noticed one where he got beat on a blatant back door. No, the guy drove into the lane, and Levi went up, and he bent his hands back, bent his arms back so he didn't get a foul. The guy was completely uncontested. Last question of the podcast from Purple Powerhouse, Brusketball, no negative connotation intended, is really struggling to score. That being the case, is that number nine preseason Big 12 ranking sounding more reasonable now? The number nine Big 12 preseason ranking was reasonable from the start. I hate to break it to you. I I didn't think so, but I don't think they'll be ninth when it's all said and done. I don't. They will get Murphy back. He'll get healthy. They just have to find the right guys. And, and Riley posted it. These three freshmen need to be playing a lot of minutes. Look what you're getting out of your veterans. Screw it. Play the freshmen. You've got a couple seniors there that play a lot. you got Cartier Jada that plays a lot. You need Stockard for a body and Sloan for minutes. Go. That's your team. That's your team, man. I'm just – You, the freshmen have to play. This is going to be an empty season, and they're three of your best players. And this was supposed to be the year where Mike, McGurl, and and McCall all stepped up and took just another step forward to be the guys, so that way Montavious and Antonio and Dejuan could figure it out. They had a year to figure it out. I don't want to overreact five games in, but it looks like it's same old Mac where you're going to have some games where you go, wow. What an awesome player. And then you're going to have games like last night where he picks up two fouls early, and at that point he's worthless. I I guarantee you if you went back and looked, if Mac picks up two fouls in the first couple of minutes, he he guarantee you he fouls out. Ask, ask Fritch that. He'll do the research. <laughs> so Mac's going to be this inconsistent player all year. Mike seems like he's taking a step back already. That's horrible. 
And I think Cartier is going to take some time to figure out this new role he's in. Same with X. Play Sloan. Xavier Sneed can't go two for nine from the floor. Like, it can't happen. Absolutely can't. Well, I think he's a jump shooter. He's not. He's not. So I'm to the point where I just – I think you take your lumps as they come this year because they're going to happen no matter who's starting. To hell with it. Start all three freshmen. Throw in Cardi at the point. X at the three. I'm I'm okay with it. You're going to have some points where these freshmen make you want to pull your hair out. And you're going to go, why are we starting a freshman? Max right there. I just I'm I'm I really think that it's it would be best suited if they just figured they they took the season and figured out you come into next year hella young, but these sophomores are so experienced. You're bringing in talent with Nigel. I mean, next year could be really good mm-hmm. if you get this experience going. But there's going to be a lot of games like last night that happen. That's a bad loss. It's a horrible. It's loss. a bad loss. Pittsburgh is picked tenth in the ACC this year. After going, I think it was 14 and 17 last year. They're horrible. They added one player, Trey McGowan's. They're not a good team. They got to go beat Marquette now. I mean, I cancel it out. I won't. No, I don't. I don't think so either. So it's it's like we've said. It's going to be a roller coaster. It is going to be a hell of a roller coaster. You know what they need to do? They need to beat Bradley. <laughs> that's that's the next step. You just got to win games, and you can't be tripping over teams. If they lose to Bradley, they're in, in deep trouble. Deep trouble. Six games in. Mm. We're not in trouble because we're done with the Power Cap podcast. It's been delightful. It's been long. It's been an endurance test. And I hope you didn't try to listen to this with a full tummy. Because if you were, you know, got the whole trip to fan thing going and listen to the PowerCat podcast, you made it through the first fridge read, maybe, and now you're waking up saying, crap, I missed the whole show. We'll be back next week if you missed this one, so don't worry about it. Or just saying it's a podcast. You can rewind. Do that. You've been listening to the PowerCat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.